Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Hello, this is a new voice on the podcast just for a short period of time while Andy is healing My name is Stephanie Hutchinson. I am Andy's right-hand woman and assistant, and I am going to be doing some of these podcast introductions just for a short while while he recovers. Today on the podcast, we have Claire Kim, who is a millennial workplace expert and principal consultant at All Ennials at Work. This podcast interview is coming from the Talent Development Virtual Summit that we ran a few months ago back in 2020. In this interview, Claire shares all about engaging and developing Gen Y and Z. She dives into defining the different generations and what they really care about, what the best companies are doing to retain and develop their millennials, and what the biggest challenges and mistakes are that companies and leaders make. And before we dive into this interview, I want to remind you that enrollment for the Talent Development Think Tank community is still open and ongoing. We are still accepting new members and growing rapidly, so we would love to have you inside the community where we are bringing experts in every single month, just like Claire Kim. One of our members has recently said this community has brought great insights, perspectives, and presentations with interactive discussions on talent development, along with networking to share ideas, ways of thinking, and staying connected. I have enjoyed and learned so much. Please join us in the Talent Development Think Tank. So if you are interested, if you have been considering joining, please go to tdtt.us and you can sign up and join us. We've got a networking opportunity coming up at the end of the month and then three experts coming into the community in February. So make sure you grab your seat by going to tdtt.us. 
And now here's Andy's interview with Claire Kim. Looking for ways to attract, retain, and engage those millennial and Gen Z talent? 60% of millennial employees say they are open to new job opportunities, which means we have to work hard and do the right things to keep them with us. Get ready because the takeaways from this session will help you finally make sense of the younger generations and create talent initiatives that truly address their needs. Hi, I'm Andy Storch, your Summit host, and I'm excited to introduce you to our next amazing speaker. Claire Kim is a millennial workplace expert and the principal consultant at Millennials at Work. Claire has contributed, or sorry, consulted with over 250 organizations on attracting, retaining, and de developing millennials, and is a regular contributor to publications like Forbes, Huffington Post, and more. And I'm so excited to have her here with us today. Thank you, Claire, for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm not a Forbes contributor yet, <laughs> so I'm still working on that. But anyway, still working on that. Correct. <laughs> okay. Many other, many other publications. I saw yes. the Forbes logo on your on your profile. Uh, but I know you've you've been um, published in many publications. I know you're sought after by a lot of organizations in this space on understanding and helping them build their you know employer brand to attract and retain millennial and Gen Z employees. And this is a you know an area that a lot of people are challenged with. And so we're going to demystify all of that today. Uh, let's start with you know the high level view and just define these generations uh, and what they or we or you really care about mm -hmm. okay so when it comes to millennials and gen z i do want to preface it by saying that these labels quote unquote is just a way to understand their psychographics it is not to limit them in one single bubble and say oh you are this and so because of you're gonna act like this no it's it's just a way as an organizational leader to predict their behavior and what they might want and stuff like this. So that's what I'm gonna preface it. And how to approach this millennial and Gen Z um, generation. So you have to approach them in three different segments in a way. So the first one being the early millennial slash older millennials. So that were born anywhere from 1982 to 1988. The second part being the late millennials slash younger millennials, you can just call it late millennials. So 1989 to 1996 and Gen Z being 1996 and onwards. So creating them into three different rackets because within 1980s, 1990s, there has been so many changes happening within the world that even within millennials, they are completely different. For example, me as a younger millennial. I don't remember growing up without uh, windows or some sort of internet <laughs> in my household while as uh, someone that someone that is considered older millennial then might say I remember having computer. You could say someone old like me it's okay. <laughs> Born yeah, in 1980, yeah. we got a computer when I was in high school. Started yeah, going or like high school then or in the 90s, yeah, or whatever it might be. Right. But yeah, personally, I don't remember growing up with a computer. So there is that difference even within the generation. That's why I want to do um, emphasize the segment parts as well. Yeah, that makes sense. It's all about you know everybody's different. So we always have to caveat oh, yeah. that, right? Like generalities don't apply to everyone. But in general, on average, we're looking at people born during these specific years and how they were influenced by different things. Um, when I think about Gen Z, and you said Gen Z is defined by uh, born after 96? 1996 or? and onwards. 
Um, I like to use the phone analogy for this. Yeah. So, uh, young, so older millennials, they remember having phones and sometimes multi-line phones and then having to, maybe one of those Rory phones, they might remember that too. Yeah. I personally don't remember that as a late millennial. I do remember having phones, but it was mostly those wireless landlines. Yeah. Gen Z's, the first phone that they might have had wasn't one of those wireless phones. It might've just been their own cell phone with a keyboard or touch screen. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I always think about that phone too. And I think about it too, as uh, did your parents have a cell phone when you were born? I got my first cell phone in 2001. And uh, so anybody born after that, essentially, you know, th there was always cell phones in the house and landlines started going away after that mm -hmm. completely defines a generation. Um, so coming into the workforce, you know, we think about these younger millennials and Gen Z, what are, you know, with everybody being different, but on, in general, what are some of the driving factors that define them that they want when it comes to work? What they want in terms of work, they do have quite a bit of similarities in a sense where they do want growth opportunity. They want to be, feel cared for like every other generational counterparts. But what Gen Z is used to is more independence. If you think about it in a perspective uh, from the moment that they were born and then they go to school for the first time, they always have something of their own. They have their own phones, they have their own device, they have their whatever. While as younger millennials that are born in the 90s, they have to share devices. So they might be more open to this collaborative approach, even though, yes, they want that independent work. Whilst Gen Z, you can pretty much say, you know what, let's just assume that they, not we assume, but they are definitely more used to having something on the service, having um, that autonomy, being able to call their own shots, being able to access information on their own terms or whatever it might be, whilst millennials, depending on when they're born, they might not necessarily be used to that. So they might be more used to older <laughs> ways of collaborating and so on in terms of what they look for in the workplace. So I guess to think of one term, like one word that could sum up everything. So with Gen Z, I would say autonomy and younger millennials, it would more so on the flexibility and the freedom, even though, yes, those matter. It's just if we have to pick top one, what would it be? And those would be the words that would come out. And, you know, there was always a lot of press about the millennials uh, wanting more flexibility and freedom and confining, you know, kind of conforming to the way the workplace was. Mm -hmm. And yet all of that changed with COVID, with everybody going to, you know, a more flexible, remote way of working. How did that particularly impact millennials and Gen Z? Well, millennials pioneered work at home idea. So the whole work at home idea on remote working wasn't exactly a strange concept as the millennials were entering the workplace. And Gen Z, well, they, well, to be fair, if you look at where Gen Z are in terms of where they're at in the workforce, most of them are entry level people. They might have just finished university or something like that. So they might not have as clear of an idea as to what they want. They just know what they know. Well, uh, so when it comes to dealing with COVID aspect of it, older millennials, they might have had a little bit of better idea as to what's coming. They, uh, well, they are in their thirties, so they're a lot more practical <laughs> and they have had similar experience as they remember um, huge economic downturns that have happened while they were growing up. Younger millennials, not 
not gonna lie, when the COVID thing happened, <laughs> a lot of them did freak out. Was it my personal story too? Maybe. <laughs> but um, so when they were dealing with COVID, there was a lot of uncertainty, but I just see COVID as um, a way that catapulted the whole concept of remote working or work, um, flexible working arrangements. And that's how millennials dealt with that as well. It was more so, it was a change that was supposed to happen. It just happened so suddenly, but they were able to get on the groove of it a lot faster than a lot of other generations would have. Sure. Yeah. And it's, and it's not that they don't want to work for with these companies just wanted more flexibility and now it's here, right? It's kind of forced all of that on us. Um, what, when it comes to, I know you work with a lot of organizations and it's attracting, retaining um, the younger generations, younger millennials and, and Gen Z, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see organizations making or, or the challenges they run into? The biggest mistake that organizations make is that I feel that because they are so fixated on the label and the misconceptions towards this younger generation, they they forget that they're humans too. They are humans that genuinely want to impress their employers. It's just that their perspective is completely different than what you might be used to. Um, so based because they don't understand that, oh yeah, what do like what do they want from the human level and all of these psychographic aspects of it? Um, that really screw. Um, that really creates a little bit of disconnect when they're talking to like whether top towns in terms of recruitment or showing them that hey we actually care about you as employees or whatever it might be because they get it's i guess like they kind of get into their heads organizational leaders which is no fault of their own it can be hard to deal with changes with especially with everything going on but i'll say that is the biggest mistake and when you do understand how when you understand that yes they are humans they just think very differently and we are all going for that same goal of we want the organization to succeed together then that is going to be such a game changer when you're having these conversations with the top talents that might not even be interested in your organization but you somehow convince them into um, pursuing candidacy with the organization or when that millennial wants to leave your organization they change their minds because they feel more careful or as humans because humans will never forget like how they have felt or how they are not they're not going to forget the experience so yeah absolutely um (laughs) what would you say about the uh you know i'm hearing all the time that our early career professionals, which typically fall into that bucket of, of um, you know, later gen, uh, millennials, and maybe sometimes a little bit Gen Z, are uh, more quick to leave organizations now if they don't feel like they're getting what they want or they're feeling frustrated. Um, I feel like I'm hearing a lot that that attrition is going up at that two to three year mark. Um, are you hearing, seeing that, and what can companies do to address that? So um, even in my personal circle, so like what the things that I say about Gen Z and younger millennials, yes, they are based on research, but a lot of it is also based on this dinner conversation. So Mm. it's very interesting blend. Uh, I definitely have seen more uh, millennial professionals wanting to lead their organization and them coming to me asking for resume advices even in times like this, because oddly enough, everything that's happening around them is making them realize what I want in life or 
like, do I want to work with this organization if this were to be the last organization that I ever work with before the world ends? So they, it, this is pushing them to take action on one another, whether they decide to stick with the organization forever or go back to school or whatever it might be. So yes, the attrition rate is going up and it's definitely a lot volatile, even in the times like this. And how the organization would be able to avoid that is well, there's definitely different components to address and it does depend on the organization's culture and stuff like that. But I do wanna bring up something pretty shocking over here is that millennials actually, like there has been studies, I'm gonna have to send you the link when I do find it, but there has been studies saying that millennials actually do intend on staying in an organization for more than just like two or three years except they just happen to be in that job hopping tendency and the other thing that i want to be addressing is the fact that millennial managers if you're looking at different resignation rates compared to different generational counterparts they have the lowest resignation rates out of all other generational counterparts so if we're looking at components like that the key to really a key to retaining millennials in the organization is number one, showing them that you actually care about them as person, which is something that is universal for other generation, and then being invested in their growth, uh, being invested in their growth, and then number three, giving them the responsibility and showing them, yes, we trust you and we are going to trust that you are going to take ownership in your career, you're going to take ownership in the projects and so on get them more responsibilities and pretty much like get, get them get them to like i know that a lot of organizations say yes we want our employees to grow with us well then show it through giving responsibilities taking them to professional development opportunities and if you're i mean if you're here that means you're on the right track <laughs> because you're right. learning to do all that right yeah, and I've heard and, and seen the data a lot that, uh, you know, one thing that defines, I think, the younger generations, millennials and, um, you know, younger millennials coming into the workforce or being in the workforce is that they're more vocal and of wanting that growth, wanting that career growth, that development, uh, that it's something that's really important where other generations maybe wanted career growth, but, you know, salary and security were maybe higher on the list. I feel like developing them is going higher up and I'm hearing that if people are not getting the development they want, then they don't see where their career is going to go, then they're going to go off and leave somewhere. So how do we address that and make sure that we give uh, our millennial employees the development that they want? The best thing to do is, again, it really goes back to understand them as humans. And, and like I know that other sessions in the summit, they are going to be talking about develop, um, developing own career plans and so on. But it is really imperative from the organizational level to understand not only of your strategic objectives, but also understand what the employees have in terms of their career objectives. And ask them, because you're gonna be surprised that maybe someone that you thought of promoting into managers or whatever they might not even want to be managers in the first place they're just happy being that creative director where they sure they'll deal with the supervisory components within the projects but they don't want to head sphere the whole entire department um, or it could be that they or it could be that their employee until you ask them the question you don't even realize that they are having a huge identity crisis and they're thinking that I should have gotten um, 
a business degree instead of chemistry degree because I want to be do like I want to be doing pharmaceutical marketing. You have like, because once you know about those things about your employees, your organization will be able to provide for that. And if you can't, well, <laughs> there's other sources that um, you can get help from. But the point being, you have to have an open, transparent conversation with them and telling them, listen, I want to help you and I am invested in your growth as much as you are invested in the growth. Let's see how we can work things out together based on what the organization's looking for and based on what you're looking for. And I think we're going to be both surprised as to how we can help, how we can help you mold your career in the direction that you want to be going and based on your strengths. Am I making sense with this response today? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's aligned with what I'm hearing and thinking, which is everybody got to treat everybody as individuals and you got to have those conversations to find out what people really want, what's going on with them. Um, you know, they want to connect with you. So, you know, with that in mind, what do you see the best companies doing to attract, retain, develop millennials, especially in these uh, virtual times? Virtual times, I see the best companies, the common practice, I'll say, number one, they know how to communicate with the millennials and Gen Zs, because I see a lot of organizations that have great policies, they have great leaders, and if you look from the paper perspective, there is no reason for the younger employees to be leaving. If anything, the younger employees should be coming to them being like, you know what, like you're stuck with me forever unless I get terminated for whatever reason. But yet they're experiencing this attrition rates because the like the employees are feeling that oh this is, like I don't see this um, company in my future plans in terms of what they can offer for me what and uh, simple that problem could have been just fixed by organization addressing hey did you know that if you do decide to go back to school you have an option of working part time throughout the school year and then you work full time during summer that could have kept that employee on for another three years. Or, so that's that communication component um, that a lot of organizations that excel with the millennials are doing really well on. The other thing is on the transparent communication, self-explanatory. If they, the more employees feel understood, the more they're going to want to give back to the organization. So those will be those um, those will be two things, and the other thing will be they are very open to the perspectives as to okay how can the organization progress forward they don't shut down employees ideas and as and i guess in between the direct manager and the employee relationship that like that openness and like the, that openness is quite prevalent amongst the organization not just at the top level not just at the immediate level whatever it might be it is a part of their culture and younger employees feel safe to be there so they don't leave that's how I, um, that's what I see as a common patterns between you. Yeah. So really big on uh, communication, transparency, understanding what people truly want, um, personalizing the experience. When we think about um, the people who are watching and listening to this being in talent development, looking for the best ways to engage and uh, develop all of their people. Um, what other advice do you have, especially when it comes to putting development programs together? I know you're you're not a fan of one size fits all training, right? Um, for managers, so you know what else would you add in terms of best practices for engaging and and developing our younger generations? When it comes to developing younger generations, you have really good questions, by the way. So. Thank you. 
when you understand the psychographics, right? So I feel that it tends to swing one way or another when we, when we are trying to develop the employees. Either you are you know, like you are sending them to all kinds of trainings and so on to a point where the employee is thinking, I feel like I'm falling behind at work, or you're sending them to almost no trainings at all. There's like one-off trainings here and there, and the employee's feeling. I feel like I just get to learn something new once a year and you need a really, really good middle ground. So when you're putting together talent development initiatives, so number one, you have to be mindful of what they're going through. So for example, maybe don't send them to an industry conference during a holiday season when they want to be spending time with their family or um, like, so be mindful of their workload, give them an option. I'll say, okay, so um, would you want to go training on this date or this date or whatever it might be? So help them like, so help them to manage their time around that because this training for a lot of organizations, it's still an extra thing that is being done for the employees on top of whatever they're doing. And the other thing is the other thing is really be mindful of their learning notes per se so maybe some like your millennial employees or gen z employees they might learn but well it depends on their learning style maybe they learn better audio wise maybe they learn better video wise or maybe they want to be in that um simulation situation or like um like we i mean that fully this experiential learning immersive learning and yada 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 but you have to be mindful of okay what like what learning modes will keep our employees most engaged and make sure that whatever talent development initiatives that you're putting in in place is going to reflect that. And the other thing is, um, I, I think they, just a lot of people in the summit mentioned this already, but around like the bite-sized learning, be with, uh, because of the younger employees' attention spans being particularly short, like how they read is through just scroll, 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 stop and read, Roll, 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 roll. That's what they're used to. They're not going to be doing that as much in the organizational setting because things need to get done. But and that's how they are used. But they are definitely more used to bite-sized information. So if you're able to accommodate to that, then you're going to have a lot better time when it comes to creating a talent development initiative that keeps them engaged and something that something that they can actually remember after a couple of years. Yeah, and we've seen as I've studied um, that trends in talent development over the last couple of years, the rise of micro learning continues to get more popular, right? And there's a lot of platforms out there that provide that Udemy, LinkedIn learning, things like that, where you can provide um, people with those quick hits, the same way they learn things at home with YouTube and, and Googling and everything else, like read, apply, read, apply, back and forth. Like you said, they're used to jumping around a lot more. Um, we've covered a lot of ground in this conversation, Claire. Uh, anything else you would add in terms of, you know, what people need to know to really address the needs of their younger generation workers? Uh, needs of the younger generation. I think we pretty much, I, yeah, I think we pretty much covered it all. Like I, there's a lot that we covered. So yeah, if I look back at my notes and we talked about we define the younger generations. We talked about what younger millennials and Gen Z want in the workplace, uh, the biggest mistakes that organizations make when it comes to the younger generations, how to deal with higher attrition for younger employees. Uh, we talked about millennial managers having lower attrition than their uh, counterparts, which is really interesting. Uh, how to give the right development opportunities to millennials, the importance of having conversations and understanding 
what people truly want to help them develop in their careers, uh, what the best companies are doing to attract, retain, and develop their millennial employees. Talked about the importance of communication and transparency, which is important for everyone across all generations, of course. Uh, what to consider when creating talent development initiatives for your people and the importance of using bite-sized learning, on-demand learning uh, for people, especially on younger generations that are used to kind of jumping around. Uh, Claire, this has been great. Anything else you'd add? And where can people go to find you, read you know, more of your content um, and work with you if they want to? The best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. I pretty much post something free every single day. Claire, thank you so much for being here, for uh, sharing so much great wisdom and all the value that you shared. Uh, for those of you tuning in, thank you so much for watching and listening and for being here. I hope you took some notes. As always, make sure you write down what are those one or two key takeaways? What's something you can take with you to go back and do your job better? Something you want to keep doing, something you want to change? Uh, write that down, set a goal, take some action. Uh, as usual, we need you to do that to make it worth your time and our time as well. Again, my name is Andy Storch. I really appreciate you being here with us and I'll see you in the next session. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again and take care.